Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, we will get down and dirty into all the Manny Machado trade talk. When will he go? Where will he go? And most importantly, what will the Orioles get in return? All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your Daily Centering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by jo- the button lover, Josh Soroka. How you doing? Did that little hiccup in the music throw you off? Yeah, and I I got the, maybe I shouldn't do this, but I, I have the video up, and the video is freezing yeah. too, which is throwing me off a little bit. Oh, on Facebook? Or whatever. Do, no, yeah. just on our on our Memo. Yeah, okay. Oh, you mean where you're just seeing me? Yeah, okay. but the audio sounds good, so I'm not going right. to spike. It's it cool. just made me, just made me hesitate a little bit. That, it's just me and Josh today. Bert isn't here. Bert is I don't know what it was. What's he? This he's is, back from Europe, but now he's at a, some kind of camp. Yeah, I think. this is his. Uh, old for camps. This is his church camp week, which I thought he stopped doing a while ago, but now it seems like he does them again. Yeah, so. I don't know, but we should probably, you know, we. Some shows take the summer off. Maybe we should too. Certainly, Orioles have taken the summer off. It feels like. But we, we still, at least as long as we can get two of us, we're having a show. And today, last week, it was Bert and Josh. Today, it's me and Josh. So we're still plugging away. The Orioles gave up 10 runs today. It, I cannot blame anyone who says they do not want to go and watch this team. Like, I, I don't care about school, weather, it's too hot, riots, whatever you want. You're, you want to make us an excuse? Let's get rid of all those excuses. People aren't going to the stadium because this team is so ugly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know you guys touched on this, I think, last week a little bit. Or, no, you talked about it when you were on... Um, I was uh, on Locked on Orioles this week. Yeah, thanks for, yeah, thanks and, for listening. Yeah, Peter Schmidt wrote that article about could the Orioles potentially leave, which is such a stupid it's, it's, article. It's all crap. The Orioles aren't going anywhere. Yeah, and if you were around when we were in, in during those playoff games, and we and we attended all those playoff games... And you're telling me we were the loudest stadium in baseball for the playoffs. I mean, get out of here. The problem is Orioles need to win a little bit more if we want to fill the stadium. This is kind of just silly tomorrow, uh, that people 
Right. Yeah. Tomorrow's a four o'clock and a seven o'clock doubleheader. If this team was playing yeah. well, like the past five years, that stadium would be packed and a lot of fun. And yeah, Yankees absolutely. in town. Instead, it's funny how that works. You start winning tough. games, people show up. Right. Right. It's like that's a that's a formula or something. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's 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 they're one. I think now it's up to what one and twenty one, or is it twenty two? Uh, in yes. their last twenty two or twenty three games against the American League. Right, July first was the last time they won, so that was a week ago, over a week ago now. And just won in the last, I think it's twenty two. It might be twenty three games, which is it's kind of it's pretty remarkable actually that you've only won one game against the American League in the last twenty two games. It makes that's you pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, and it, what it does is it makes you look at it and be like, how did we get forty wins? This team's so bad. I know, and I see people projected. Like that we'll get fifty wins or something, and or sixty wins or something, and I'm like, I don't understand how this team's gonna win another game. Right? You're talking about winning like twenty more, twenty more games. I don't see us winning another game. What are you talking about? Yeah. I project that we'll finish with how many wins do we have now? Twenty-two 40. or something. 40. I think we'll have, have that. I think end. we have forty. Yeah. So yeah, you're, well, you're predicting forty-one at the end. No, we have twenty-four wins. We have twenty-four right wins. Now, Josh. I- why did I say yeah. we had 40? 24 wins. Know. All right, yeah, we'll get about 30. Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't understand. Like, maybe Dylan Bundy will throw a, a complete game shutout when he's healthy again. I don't know. But there's I, it's hard to me imagine a scenario where we win 50 games. All right, well, but maybe. Maybe we can be optimistic, and the Orioles will shock us in a pleasant way, and we'll win 50 games, and I'll be pumped and excited if we can get to 50. That's my goal now. That's my number. 50. I call this whole second half of the year a success if we can get to 50. Well, yeah, because that means we did as well as the first half without Manny Machado and whoever else they're going to trade away. We're the worst team in baseball. I predict that at the end of this season, Chris Davis's batting average is higher than our winning percentage. Hmm. Right now, our winning percentage is 270, so Chris Davis has some work to do and the Orioles have some work to do, but... I'm sure at least the Orioles are up for the challenge. <laughs> yeah, the Orioles, that, that winning percentage is going to go down. When when you are uh, 40 and whatever, 122, that's going to cut that uh, down to like a 135. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so whatever. Uh, the Orioles suck for a lot of reasons. Pitching, defense, offense, right, right, right. We all know it. Right, so we're not um, even going to get kinda, into it. Yeah. No, there, there's nothing to say. There's, not, there's nothing to get into. Um, so I want to spend some time because this could be the final week. This could be the final week that we have to talk about Manny Machado. And this is what I want. They announced him as an all-star today, the only Oriole all-star for the American League. Now is when we can have some fun and trade him mid-all-star mid week. Yeah, and I was reading up on this and, and, and reading some of what Ken Rosenthal wrote and said. And apparently there's no precedence for this. Like, there's no rule for this. As far as so, where he plays? As far as and if, if he plays and where he plays and how that all works. Like, there's no set rules for this. This had to have um, happened before, the, right? The only time it happened in a similar way was Samarja in 2014. But he was just he, – he turned into a pitcher and he was just – he just wore – I think he wore like a – I forget, like a neutral cap or something, but he didn't end up really pitching in the game. One thing that's changed since then, though, is the All-Star game now means nothing again. Right. So 
there's really there's no World Series attached to it. So it is much more of an exhibition game. And so if he's traded, I think he'll just be I think the Orioles just won't have a representative, which I think would be perfect for this season. And kind of just another thing to check off. First time ever a team didn't have a representative in the All-Star game. I think that'd be appropriate for this year. Right. Because as horrible as uh, Machado's shortstop stats are, it you still can't deny he's a superstar. He's the biggest name at this trade deadline. He's going to be playing in the All-Star game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And whether it's the question is, is it for the American League or all the suitors seem to be National League teams? Yeah, so, there's I put the, uh, I put the it's list one thing up. To switch, it's still in the American League, but this could be a whole National League switch. Right. I put the whole list up. Uh, it came out when was this Thursday, Friday? These I guess it was Friday, Saturday, maybe these seven teams, seven offers and more offers coming in, apparently. But only one of them is an American League team, the Indians. Everyone else yeah, is a I National saw- League team. I've seen I've seen um, a couple I guess kind of conflicting lists where some have had eight teams, some have had seven teams. Okay. Um, yeah, what I have seen is Dodgers, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Braves, Indians, and Cubs. Okay, the team that I think was in there but now has been removed because of their record is the Cardinals. The okay. Cardinals were looking like they need a shortstop because right. Dejan got hurt. But now I think record-wise, they're they're no longer really kind of in the running. I mean, and that makes sense all the National League teams because if you look at it, it's really kind of an embarrassing year for baseball in that it's the All-Star break. And is there any competition in the American League left? Like, if you look at all the divisions seem to be wrapped up the, except for the West. Boston and Yankees, but the – Whoever doesn't win that division is going to be a wild card team. Right. You have the, the division guys, and then the Yankees and Seattle as the two wild cards. The team in second for the wild card behind Seattle is Oakland at six and a half games. Then it's 11 games to the next team after that, which is Tampa Bay Rays. So, really, you could say that this is all but wrapped up right, the playoffs, the and we're not even at the halfway point. Now, maybe crazy stuff will happen. But right now, it looks kind of embarrassing for baseball in that the American League is already wrapped up. Even the two wild cards are supposed to add excitement, not really much excitement when two teams are running away with it. So that's kind of interesting. I think that kind of shows how the American League has been built in the past years, where teams have been building themselves around the home run, which is why now when we talk about Machado and all the teams, it's it's all the National League teams that won them. Because there's much tighter races in the National League. And I, I think that's because they focused on pitching more over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't know how to put this nicely. I shared our record against the yeah, American they, League because we really struggle against them. There's a reason because the American League is just better than the National League. And so the National League does not have as many good players as the American League. So certainly Manny Machado, um, I think, could have a bigger impact in the National League because of that. Yeah, the Brewers are really the only team that would be able to keep up in the American League. And they're basically an American League team. I don't remember when they switched. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's weird. I mean, a lot of people would argue that the Nats are the best team in the National League or the Dodgers are the, are the best team in the National League. But when you can't even win their own division, I don't know how you can say they're the best team in the right, National League. Right, right. But whatever. So, I wanna, so, so let's talk about Manny. I know, I, in fact, if we can dedicate the majority of this podcast to just talk about Manny Machado. I think we can do it and we can excuse ourselves for it in that this could be one of the last times we ever get to talk about Manny Machado 
It's the, um, it's the only reason I'm going to the ball game tomorrow is that it's probably my last time to see Manny Machado in an Oriole jersey. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking. I, I and I saw several people saying like it could be this week. Like this week is a real possibility. Talks seems to be heating up. Um, certainly, it's going to happen for the end of the trade deadline. And and Manny's a rental for a lot of these teams. Well, I mean, he's a rental for all these teams. Some of them will try to pursue him next year, but they want to get as much of Manny as they can. They're not going to want to wait until the 31st. And I feel like the Orioles have uh, fought around with teams in the past and don't have a great trade uh, record with dealing with other people that I think other teams are going to say, no, we can't wait to the last minute because you might screw us. And then we're we're screwed. Right, right. There's a lot of people to sign off on the paperwork here. Right. So you want to give yourself at least a week layway here to uh, right. get the deal done. Yeah, so I think we're looking at this week or next week during the All-Star break. Yeah, I think that's very likely, actually. Um, so let's talk about it. I know, let's first talk about Manny Machado, the the person, before we get this trade talk, because I was listening to your show last week when you were on with Bert, um, holding on the fort without me. Appreciate it. And you kind of talked about, and Josh, I think you were partially right, which is impressive for you, because usually you're mostly wrong, but you were partially right talking about Manny Machado's kind of new social media stuff. Oh, he is. Shout out to King James. Yeah. And I think you and I talked about this the week before, too, because you noticed it as well. He is all over social media trying to present himself as this, like, man of the man of the people. Yes, I agree with you there. But why he's doing it, I think I disagree with you in a little bit. Um, I don't think that there's any predictor like the fact that he shout out King James is not I don't think is any is any way a predictor that he's he wants to go to Los Angeles Dodgers and play. I also don't think this has anything really to do with him wanting to sign a better contract with free agency. Like I don't think this is for his free agency status to go up or whatever. What I think this is is I think this is Manny Machado making his attempt, and I think somewhat rightly so, as saying he is wants to move into the superstar realm yes. of athletes. And the and, and the face of baseball. Yeah, or or like and even like beyond that. Like you think of superstars in the past in baseball, you think of his one of his idols, Alex Rodriguez, who who is his like my wife who doesn't know baseball. My wife knows who Alex Rodriguez is, right? Like anyone walking the street will probably know who Alex Rodriguez is. Even if it's not because of baseball, if it's because of stuff he did outside of baseball. Right. You say Manny's going to get some gift bags ready? Well, that, well, that's that's the next one I was mentioning is, and that's Derek, Derek Jeter was all about the gift right, bags. I right. think that's another superstar who people know even outside of baseball. Another guy is like Ken Griffey, right? Who we know, even we know him for all, not just baseball, but for all the video games and commercials. Yeah, but that's all. That's all baseball with advertising. That is that yeah. Major League Baseball made him the face of Major League Baseball. And yeah, but I, he was he was more than just a player. Like he was cool at the backwards hat. Like he transcended transcended the the, the sport. Right. Even people outside of baseball like knew who Ken Griffey was because he was this cool right. backwards hat wearing yeah. um, kind of guy. And so I think this is Manny Machado attempting to say, "Hey, I'm not just a a, a, a big time baseball player. I am." like bigger than the sport. I am a superstar and I'm trying to create this persona. And that's the whole LeBron James yes. thing. LeBron James is the ultimate example of that. Right. He's the ultimate example of a guy who everybody knows his name. King James is the biggest 
superstar in sports. And Manny Machado, of course, like greatness, recognizing greatness, he wants to throw that out there, right? right? Yeah, yeah, King Machado. Yeah, well, it might be Prince and, Machado at this point. And he's got, yeah, and he's got his people, and he's smart, and they all know that he's the biggest name in free agency this offseason. Well, I haven't Bryce Harper, well, but he's trying to pass Bryce Harper right now. Right, I mean, I guess, I don't mean free agency, I mean this trade deadline. And at the at the at the off season, it's going to be him and Harper, and he wants to set himself up that he right now you see Harper on a lot of commercials, you do not see Machado, and he wants to set this up that he's the guy, he's the face. Yeah, that, and I would I would expect him to get some deals and do some commercial stuff because yes. again, he I, I think he thinks of himself, and I I don't mean this I I I think this sounds as a negative thing. I don't mean this as a negative thing at all because he's talented enough to do it. But he wants and he views himself, and you hear him talk, and it's, I think it's really clear that he views himself as this superstar, transcendent athlete. Right. He just has to get out of Baltimore. Right. And this is why I think the Orioles had no chance of ever resigning him, even if they were willing to pay $300 million or whatever, because superstars go to L.A. or superstars go to Miami or superstars go to these big cities. Even Atlanta. Well, no, not Atlanta. They, so do, go, they go to Atlanta. I don't think they go to Atlanta, really. Sure. What superstar goes and say, I'm going to be a superstar in Atlanta. I don't think that's up there. Uh, Michael I would Vick. say L. Huh? Michael Vick. No. I would say, I would say, he was drafted there. I would say LA, New York, Chicago, Miami. Sure. But you would say the same thing about Maybe that's it. who goes to Cleveland. And LeBron became a superstar going back to Cleveland. Yeah, but that was a special circumstance where that was where he grew up. That was his home, and he did leave to become a superstar in Miami before going back. Right. But Atlanta's Atlanta's a media market still. It's a it's a big media market, bigger than uh, Baltimore. Yeah, but I don't even think it's about media market. I think it's about star power and televised games and recognition and all that stuff. And I think I don't know. Does um, does this explain the stupid haircut? I think it's part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's part of it. So, right, I'm right. setting stuff apart. Uh, of not of not having a generic cut, but having a recognizable kind of signature haircut. Yeah, I think the man part of it, right? Um, I think this is also why. Like, here's I, I I wrote down his comments about playing short stuff, and I want to get into his short stuff play a little yeah, bit because he's horrible. I, I I I vociferously disagree with that, but I'll get to that. In All right, minute. go to the numbers. I'm playing short. Machado said, "That's the position I want to play. That's the position I know I can play and produce at." I've been a shortstop my entire life. I played third base for a couple of years. I did well, and I thought I was an elite player at the position. But at the end of the day, I've been a shortstop my entire life. I know I can be way better player at shortstop than I can be at third. A couple of things here. Uh, superstars, <laughs> they say where they play, right? Like most other players are be, will be like, hey, coach, just put me where, where I can help the team. Or, you know, I probably would play, prefer to play second, but, you know, whatever I can do to get on the field to help the team. Superstars say, no, I'm a shortstop. <laughs> so that's that's why I play. Right. So I, I kind of like this from Manny, and this is kind of is that superstar persona coming through a little bit, I think. Yeah, but right now, stat-wise, he's the worst shortstop in the American League. What's that? What stats are you looking at? Defensive. Defensive yeah. war. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that. Let, let's get into the stats a little bit, all right? Um, most of what people are saying he's bad is going from uh, UZR. 
uh, and that's the that's where they that's where they come up with these defensive statistics and where their rankings. Right. Is, that's is, UCR is one of the ones where they keep, say he's on pace for one of the worst seasons ever as a shortstop. Yeah, yeah. Like, like currently he ranks as as a negative fifteen. I'm sorry, negative seven point eight WAR. I mean UZR negative seven point eight UZR. The next lowest person is negative three point two. So he's more than doubled right. <laughs> in negative UZR. And it's dead last in all of baseball. Yep. But I, I would like to pull out a couple of th- point out a few things to set the record straight because I think the UZR is a bunch of BS. And Manny Machado's quote says, "I know I can be a way better player at shortstop than I can be at third. I don't know if that's true. That sounds like a pretty outrageous thing to say because he was like the most incredible third baseman ever I've ever seen. And to say that he can be a better shortstop is a little bit out there. But if I was a betting man. And I'm not, but if I was, I would bet within the next, let's say, three years, I bet he wins a gold glove at shortstop. As long as this whole, this year doesn't put this whole stigma that he's a bad shortstop, which I think is BS. So so here it is. Here's um, Eno Saris. Do, do you know who that is, Josh? Eno Saris, no. the writer? He is, he writes for The Athletic, but he is like, he used to be with Fangraphs. He is the nerd of all nerds, okay. like all the sycophant uh, sabermetricians look up to Enosteris as like one of the gods of, of sabermetrics. And he wrote an article recently for The Athletic, uh, which I, I did not, I don't subscribe to The Athletic, but I got uh, uh, MLB Trade Rumors wrote up like summaries of it. And so I got to see the summaries of it. Right. Um, and he says like the number of plays that make up that war because it doesn't count plays when you're shifted and it doesn't count like everyday plays that everyone makes. It just counts some of these kind of special plays that 90% of shortstops won't make. Um, I'm dumbing this down okay. a little bit, but that's what it is. So it's saying so, that his range is dumbed down. Well, it's saying that the number of plays that UZR takes to make their number is small. How small? 56. So he has, according to Enoceris, who's kind of a guru at this stuff, that UZR number comes from 56 plays. And so Eno Saris and other people like that kind of roll their eyes at the UZR because they said you can't tell anything from 56 plays, right? Like that's a, right. such a small sample size that it doesn't, t- it doesn't tell you almost anything. So okay. that's my first piece of evidence. What about, maybe we should look twice at Manny Machado's. What about D-War? How about D-War? He's also worse in, American, in, in baseball in D-War for shortstops. Do you know how yeah. that? Do you know the breakdown there? No, that's a good question. I don't know how much of of UZR like does UZR influence uh, the the D war. I, right. I see. I don't know. Like I don't know how they form. I assume. I assume they formulate the defensive war in in a very similar way than they that they formulate the UZR, if not the same way. Because if you look at the D war and UZRs, they're almost always kind of identical. Okay. And I do have some evidence on how they formulate the UZR. Okay. Right. So this is why everyone says Manny Machado sucks at shortstop based on this UZR. I went to Fangraphs and I looked at the glossary, which is really cool that Fangraphs has this glossary where they break down every kind of saber, sabermetric nerd term. I, I didn't find Bert's woozle-wuzzle on there. But you can find almost any other kind of sabermetric term. And then they have a definition. The definition isn't the right word either. It's more like an explication. Like they go into real detail, explaining, giving examples, 
of all this stuff, of all these things. So I went and looked at UZR about to find out why is Manny Machado so bad in UZR. Okay. Here are a couple of quotes. And I did like, I pick and chose these quotes. So people could accuse me of like, just pulling quotes out of context. But I think these quotes actually pretty much capture a lot of what this article was saying. It was really long. Like the, <laughs> explaining what UZR is really long and it's really, really hard to understand. Um, but whatever, here's a couple of quotes. This is my first quote from, from the glossary. This is directly from Fangraphs about UZR. It reads, people often say something like, well, he had a plus 10 UZR last year, which means that he actually played well, even though he might've been an average or even below average defender. For example, Derek Jeter had a very nice UZR in 2009, a decent one in 2008, and some terrible ones for many years prior to that. So he's a perfect example of a below average defender who played excellent defense last year and pretty good defense the year before, right? Well, maybe and maybe not. A player's UZR, and this is the important part, a player's UZR does not necessarily tell you how he actually played, just as it does not necessarily tell you what his true talent is. So right there, they acknowledge, like it doesn't acknowledge, it doesn't tell you how good of defense the guy played. So continuing this kind of line of reasoning, then the next quote. Now, that being said, there's still a potentially large gap between what you might see on the field if you were to watch every play for every game and what UZR says happened on the field. And that is one of several reasons why one year or even 10 years of UZR uh, does not give us a perfect estimate of a player's true talent or even an accurate picture of what actually happened on the field. The reason for that is that the data is imperfect. So they're saying even 10 years of UZR data does not give you an accurate picture and we're talking about 56 plays of Manny, so it's bogus. The next quote, I just have two more real short quotes here. A player, this is the quote, a player can have a plus UZR and have played terrible defense because the data we are using is far from perfect. And my last one, and this is the conclusion, this is kind of the last, this is the very last sentence of this long explanation of UZR. It ends with this. So even after regression, there is no guarantee that our UZR number reflects what the player actually did or his true defensive talent over that time period. But it is the best we can do not knowing anything else about that player. So, <laughs> so, so they acknowledge like UZR is kind of, uh, it's an inexact science big time. And so, so I right. put very little stock into UZR or defensive metrics and a lot of stock into what I've seen players play. And that makes sense because we have many, 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 many more years of offensive stats for them to figure out how to do offensive sabermetrics. And we all know that the defensive side is much younger and still being developed. Yeah, so like things, like here are some examples where like they have trouble with, like positioning, right? Like if J.J. Hardy, for example, is just really good at being in the right spot all the time, he can make it look like he's like just kind of where he's supposed to be. And maybe he doesn't have very good range, but it kind of, he tricks the system by just always being in the right position. So it looks like he has great range, right? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Manny Machado maybe having, this is his first time playing shortstop in the majors. Maybe Manny Machado's positioning is not as good as JJ Hardy's was. And so it looks like he has worse range just because he's not setting up right for that particular hitter or something. Or, we've talked about this before, Josh, there's been a couple examples I can think of off the top of my head where Manny Machado, especially in the beginning of the season, kind of just picked up the ball, threw it to first, and, like, didn't rush enough. And, like, his clock was off and so because it was a new position. And so the guy was safe at first. 
like think about it, two two of those plays will crush a UZR score because it's hit right at him and he just was getting too slow getting the ball of his hand just because he was adjusting to playing shortstop. And those so those are just two I can think of off the top of my head of those 56 plays where he probably is taking a huge hit for for UZR because he should make that play all day, every day. But because he's adjusting to a new position, that really hurts. So I think like take I would trust someone watching him every day and what they say about his defense over UZR. And I bet, I'm willing to bet money that these other teams who want him to trade for him to be a shortstop are not sweating at all his UZR number because it's such a small sample size and UZR is such an inexact science. So you're, you're all for the eye test. I think with defense, the eye test t- tells you more. Um, now, if you had like, again, if you had 10 years of stats of Manny Machado with, with his UZR, that could tell us more than just half a season of him playing shortstop for the first time in the majors after playing two years at third base, I would trust 10 years over half a season. But still, uh, I would trust it's what someone sees. And I've seen Manny Machado, like, make some, pick some balls in the hole, you know, go, go, going against his glove side and into the hole between uh, third and, and, and second. Right. And, and make some throws that other shortstop would not be able to make. And I believe he's a hard worker at defense. And knowing what he did, it's not like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that you can go to being the best third baseman on the planet and then being the worst shortstop in the in, in the history of baseball. I don't even think he's the worst shortstop in the major league this year. I think actually he's in the upper half of shortstops this year, despite the UZR numbers. And part of it is getting comfortable with a new position. I think Oriole fans were comfortable with the UZR number because our eye test as Oriole fans say he's way worse than he was at third base. But not the worst ever. If if we had he was he is a lot better shortstop than Tim Beckham would have been a shortstop. I think I think I think most people would agree with that. I don't. Um, I don't. Yeah, and that's something that you can never judge because I think that Tim Beckham would be a better shortstop than Manny's this year. No if way. He had, no way. Hold on. If he had Manny at third base, because that shrinks that range of a shortstop so much. But. So it's hard. I, it's, you can't judge that without give and take, you know. I, I guess, but I mean, but Manny Machado is quick enough to play shortstop. He has the range to play shortstop. He has the arm strength to play shortstop. He uh, and so there's no reason, and I, I'm, I'm I would bet money on this that he's gonna he's gonna be one of the best shortstop in baseball three years from now, one of the best. I hope so for Manny. And I think the Orioles did the right thing by moving him to shortstop. There, I'll say that too. You think so? You see, that's my concern. I think that if he was still at shortstop, he'd be having a Gold Glove defensive season and be higher up on uh, for trade value. I don't think so, and I I think he, he's he's because now he can people know he can play shortstop or or third base. I don't think other teams put a whole lot of value in a small sample size U, 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 UCR. So I think most of the teams think he can be a really good shortstop and. I think playing shortstop helped his offensive numbers. Last year, remember, he had a very down offensive year. This year, he got two months today. I don't know what he's hitting. Is in like 310 or something this year? His offensive numbers are off the charts. And I think there is a connection uh, between him playing shortstop and his offensive numbers be- being up. So I think all that adds to shortstop being the right decision in both helping him be a better player and helping his trade value. All right. Um, sure. I think him moving to shortstop broke apart this playing as a team and 
kind of started the let's play as individuals mentality that we're seeing at the Orioles right now. And I think that uh, team chemistry also broke down and affected part of why things went so poorly this year. Okay. Okay, fine. If you want to, if you want to argue the team, team chemistry is why the Orioles fell apart. No, it's one, stick... I think it's one of a hundred things that went wrong. Okay. I'll stick with uh, Alex Cobb with the area of seven Jonathan Scope and Chris Davis batting under 200. Trey Mancini forgetting how to hit the ball. I'll go with and, those and, things. And forgetting how to catch the ball. Yeah, not to – well, he, I don't know if he ever knew how to catch the ball, really. Well, he could catch the ball, but r- 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 uh, the, the running part to get to the ball to then catch it who, is the who, hard part. Who's a better outfielder, Trey Mancini or Mark Trumbo? Uh, neither. <laughs> I know. It's, it's sad that the Orioles went into the season with that as your corners. But that's why, and this would be really interesting to watch. I really think it's important if they can at all, even for next to nothing, move Mark Trumbo. Cause that clears up the DH. I think Trey Mancini or Chris Davis. Well, what I think should happen is if you move Trumbo, then Davis can slide nicely into the DH position. Trey Mancini can move the first and we can have an actual outfield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the fun part about, let's just get through this trade stuff is that we can get rid of some of these guys that uh, are ha- that we can't bench. So then we can bring up some of these young players. Yeah. I've heard people express like concern that they won't get a deal done for Manny Machado. I'm not concerned about that. They'll get a deal done for Manny Machado. My concern is my concern is that they're so focused on the deal for Manny Machado that after the trade deadline, they're going to look up and see that we still have Mark Trumbo and Danny Valencia Adam and Adam Jones. Jones. And we're like, oh, crap. We Zach spent Burton. all this effort and energy trading Manny Machado that we forgot to get rid of all these other players that should have been traded. Yeah. So well, that's, again, is more reasons to trade Manny now. Then you can focus your scouts. You can focus everyone on, okay, Jones, Machado, Britain, whatever. Right. Because we're not hearing any of those names right now. We're only hearing Manny because he's the big fish. Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, I just saw a tweet as that came out minutes before the show started from Rocco Bacco saying that some teams were interested in seeing if they could package in Britain, Brock, or Gibbons into a Machado trade. Um, because often those contending teams I like that. also... I like that. Let's send them together because that helps with the quality of, of arms we're getting back. Yeah, and I would, I hope the Royals are considering paying some of Machado's salary for the rest of the year. Cause if you can pay some of his salary, that's often a way to get better prospects from other right. teams. Yeah. An easy way to do that. But right. That, that's how you could get a guy like Alvarez from the, from the Dodgers. Yeah. All right. So, so we talked a little about Mandy's superstar. I kind of, I shot down. I don't, I seriously don't buy this UCR. I don't think he's a great shortstop, but I think right now he's average. And I think he's going to just get better the more he plays there. Um, I agree that he's average, but average looks bad on a car, guy like Manny Machado. Right, because you always compare it to last year. Okay, I acknowledge you, that. You compare it to – forget last year. You compare it to his career. Number. Right, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, his career at third base. I get that. Um, but I do, do you think it's insane to think that a shortstop, he could be just as good as that better – at shortstop that 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 then he was at third base. You think that's crazy talk? No, I think he could, no, I think he could be um he could be just as good. I just think it was a horrible decision to do it this year. 
Okay. I think it was a good decision. And I think uh, there's more suitors at the deadline now. There's more teams interested because he can play shortstop. If he goes to the Dodgers, that's the only shortstop. That's the only team on this list, I think, that he he's up, that needs a shortstop. Um, well, or the Phillies, but but we can get into that in a minute here. Um, so as far as the process goes, this is always interesting to me too. The process of trading someone, because we talked a little bit about the Orioles and the difficulty of 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 uh, of the process, and I've 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 been hearing different things about how this is going. For example, on July 4th, hashtag Independence Day, um, Buster Olney, he tweeted out, here's Buster Olney's tweet, that Ordo fans did not believe this tweet. Uh, (laughs) But Buster Olney, this is a verified tweet from Buster Olney saying about the Orioles. Quote, other teams are saying the Orioles going about their trade business very differently than in the past. To To rival evaluators, they seem more, much more focused, much more organized, much more aggressive, much more engaged. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. We've seen this team for for whatever, many many years. Um, nothing tells me that they're going to be better. And I, it made me laugh because the next day, Jerry Krasnick, who like is an right. ESPN another buddy ESPN Buster, guy. Yeah, yeah, they're on the podcast together all the time. Yeah, yeah. He wrote an article the next day. Titled "Who's in Charge of the Re- of Rebuilding the Orioles at the Trade Deadline?" No one. And went into all the dysfunction about how is Brady in charge? Are the Angelo Sons in charge? Is Peter in charge? Is Dan Duquette in charge? And so, right after Buster only put a tweet out saying, "Like he's heard that the Orioles are are better organized, better focused, much more engaged." Jerry Krasnick wrote an article saying, "No one knows who's in charge," which is funny. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's we hear that was part of the screw up last year with Zach Britton, where the Orioles then backed out of trading Britton and tried to say, well, it's because they didn't like the deal or whatever. But uh, it sounds to if you talk to the Houston guys, it sounds like the Orioles were such a pain to deal with, and maybe even a little year. the Dodgers last year that I cannot see them being three sixty this year just because they've got Manny Machado. Well, it would be a one eighty, and yeah, and, and yeah, you're right. And this year- yeah. And, and 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 why can't it be that different? Like I feel like last year, they were wishy washy about what they wanted to do. Like they didn't know if they wanted to trade Britain, right? Right. Where this year, they know exactly what they want to do, at least in terms of Manny Machado. Like there's no wishy wash here. They're going to trade him. I guess the other difference could be what we saw this off season, which was more Brady taking over. Where there was a lot of Brady in the Alex Cobb signing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If you want to um, – it is a really good article. If you don't – if you have questions about, like, who's in charge, Jerry Krasnick does a really good job in this in this article. Like, just Google it. Who's in charge of rebuilding the Orioles at the trade deadline? Um, it's on ESPN. And does a good job of, like, breaking down – here is Brady Anderson's role, we think. Here is uh, Dan Duquette's role, we think. And it's, that's think. a pretty good, pretty good article. Right. Um, so speaking of Krasnick and and um, and Olney, this is the time. Like this week, it is. I feel like it is kind of blowing up uh, as far as um, reporters saying saying stuff about the about Manny Machado and the trade deadline and where they think they're going to go and 
and for for who's interested, who who's the, who's the front runner. Um, but when you you got to be careful with this because I've been discovering because I've been doing a lot of research, a lot on Twitter, and if one person says something, like like uh, Ancina for the Bomber Sun wrote an article a couple of days ago, and then like fifty articles are like just restating what he said. Some of them give him credit. Some of them don't even give him credit. But it's just like so many people just repeating what one guy said. So you got to be careful. And, and it's, it's what one guy said with with unnamed sources. All this is unnamed sources. Right. So we don't really know where any of this is coming from. If it's stuff the Orioles are releasing to try to up trade value or if it's real. Yeah. People. You. Oh, my gosh. I just reached into my – I was looking for my headphones all day. I'm wearing my wife's pink headphones because I couldn't find my headphones. Oh, they were coming up as orange on the TV. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, they're orange. Never mind. But anyway, I just reached into my pocket and I pulled out my headphones. And I was like running through the house looking for headphones. And they were just in my pocket. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, that's classic Matt move right there. I mean, hold up. Is my wedding ring in my pocket right now? Wait a minute. No, it's not there. Never mind. No, that's, um, that's, that's, in the, that's part of the Machado deal. Yeah, maybe. Can you can somehow we get my wedding ring back as far as deal? That's a great call. I'll try to work that in. But but you're right, Josh. As far as and listeners, you've got to understand this. All the reporters, whether they're closely connected, like Rakubako, who may or may not be sleeping with oral officials, I don't know, or other other reporters, like they're all full of crap. And it's not all their fault because they're writing down what people are telling them. But you have to understand, like, people are telling them these things for a reason. Not to be 100% honest, but just for, for their own cause. The, the guy I see this with the most is, I don't know if you followed it all, but I think it's who is it? Jim Bowden. Is that the guy? Um, he is absolutely full of crap. Like, he's, he's the guy who said that Verdugo and Alvarez – are being were, were offered for Machado, and it turns out, according to Edwin Encina, that none those guys weren't offered weren't offered offered at all. Alvarez was briefly talked about, and Vertigo was discussed, but not offered. Right? It's the difference between you. These guys were brought up in conversation, as opposed to there was a deal where we offered them as as players. Right, and like, of course they're going to talk about be, anybody. Right, of course they're going to be brought up. That's who the Orioles want, so they're going to bring yeah. them up. Yeah, it would be weird if you didn't bring up top prospects, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was J- Jim Bowden said that, and that turned out to be – I don't think it's true. But even Edward Encina, like he said that the Dodgers were the leading ca- candidate with the Diamondbacks a close second. Right. That was, so, yeah, Saturday, I think he said that. Yeah. But then if you look at the articles today on Sunday, I haven't even seen the Diamondbacks mentioned. It's Dodgers and Brewers, Dodgers and Brewers. So did all of a sudden the Diamondbacks go from being second to now not in contention? It's just Dodgers and Brewers. Right. That, that Brewers offer must have been pretty nice that came in overnight. Yeah. So, guys, I'm telling you, I know, and I'm doing it too. I'm addicted to every Manny Machado update. But 90% of the stuff out there are lies that are put out there. I mean, if you're Dan Duquette, I would put it out there too. If I'm Dan Duquette, I would put out whoever has the best offer. Let's say the, the Dodgers have the best offer. I'll put out, hey, the Brewers really have the best offer here, guys. We're, we're thinking about doing a deal with the Brewers because they have the best offer. Then all of a sudden, a reporter reports that, and the Dodgers hear that. Dodgers, okay, okay, we got to up our game a little bit, right? Like, this is common sense. Right. And so, as just consumers, 
not knowing any sources, all of this is in the words of Donald Trump, hashtag fake news. Like you can't believe a word of it uh, because everyone has their motives for wanting to do this. Yeah, of course. So I, I think like we can all agree and I don't need a reporter to tell me this, but, and you mentioned it before, Josh, the teams of contention, we kind of all know about it. The American team is the Indians, but I don't think the Indians are serious contenders for them. It doesn't sound like. Um, so that leaves us with the National League, which I think is great because I would prefer them in the National League. But we have the Dodgers, uh, the Phillies, the Braves, the Brewers, the Diamondbacks, uh, and the Cubs. Yep. Yeah. So, And what are the Orioles looking for? Well, here we go. So everyone says the Orioles are looking for, and this has been pretty consistent across reporters, that the Orioles are looking for pitching, 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 prospects that are pitchers, and also left side of the infield. Right, third base, shortstop. However, Verdugo is a number twenty, as the twenty seventh overall prospect in baseball. He's an outfielder. Certainly, the Orioles would be interested in a number twenty seven overall prospect. Right. Um, so the Dodgers. So uh, uh, the Dodgers. The thing that's really, I think, intriguing about the Do- Dodgers is they have five prospects in the top 100 uh, MILB prospects, right? They're top five in the top 100. The Orioles have Ryan Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle, I think he's number 90. Yeah. So uh, the Dodgers have five players pretty much better than our number one guy. <laughs> uh, so that's so that's certainly why it would make a good match if you can get, well, I'll talk in a minute about it, what I think we can get from them. But it doesn't sound like they're willing to offer Verdugo their number 27th prospect, their number 27th prospect, um, or the 27th overall prospect, their number two prospect. Right. So we would be looking at at prospects lower than that. The Phillies, um, they said they said yesterday on Saturday that they're out. They said, the Phillies said, and I, again, we don't know what to believe, but according to sources, the Phillies said they're out because the price was too hot. Right. They had, and they seem to have a shortstop that would be like their biggest chip that they could give out. Yeah, and this this becomes a question, right? Because they said they're not offering um, um, Sixto Sixto Sanchez, which is their top arm, right? Number twenty three overall prospect. Um, but I saw someone, and this I don't remember where I saw this, but someone uh, wrote an article. It was oh, it was J- Jim Duquette. Jim Duquette uh, said a realistic offer from the Phillies. And I don't know, should we put more stock because they're cousins? In Jim's yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Just because, okay. no, I don't think so. Okay. But anyway, did they hang out July 4th or something? I don't know. But he said he suggested a trade from the Phillies. He said a trade from the Phillies could include J.P. Crawford. Right, that's who plus, I've seen. Yeah, that's the current shortstop of the Phillies. Plus Adonis Meja and Jojo Romero. Um, uh, I think, uh, Crawford, of course, is, is a shortstop that could immediately replace Machado. He's, it's his second year in the majors. I think he's like 25, former number round, one round pick. Um, and it would also include Meja, who is their number two prospect, number 74 overall prospect. And then, uh, Romero is the Phillies number six prospect. He's not a top 100 guy. So that could be a deal. So in that return, you're looking at getting a current young shortstop, 
a top 100 prospect, a number 74 overall prospect, and a, and a number six prospect from the Phillies, um, all from Manny Machado, which to me sounds actually like a pretty good deal, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I mean... The interesting thing about the Phillies, though, is you have to decide. And I've been reading. I'm like, I've been doing. I'm a nerd here. I've been, I've been obsessed with the Manny Machado stuff. A lot of, and I got to talk to our friend Adam Schetzel from all those great spring training episodes because he's a huge Philly fans. And a lot of people, a lot of Philly fans, are not high on JP Crawford. They're like, "You want JP Crawford? Take, take him. him." Like he hasn't lived up to the expectations of what he's supposed to be. He's hitting like 218 this year and last year. He's been hitting the low 200s. Um, he's supposed to be good defensively. But offensively, he hasn't come around yet. So there's question marks. So one of the things could be for the Orioles: how much do you like Crawford? Like, is he, do you think he's good enough to be your shortstop for the next however many years? So that could be a question with the Phillies. But there maybe are out. I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah. And and you would think that there's other teams. I would think that the Dodgers can put together a better package if they're serious about replacing Corey Seager. I mean, the, yeah. the Dodgers are the team with the biggest need. Yeah, but the Dodgers' interest. Yeah, they 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 they, they are they they are they are currently the team who feel like they could benefit maybe the most from a Manny Machado. Right. Um, the Braves are another team. Though the Braves and Phillies are interesting, right? Because the Braves and Phillies, they didn't think this year that they would even be in contention. I feel like for the playoffs, the Nats have struggled, and all of a sudden the Braves and Phillies are fighting for the AL East. So. They're still supposed to be in rebuilding mode, so they have to decide, okay, do we want to kind of pump the brakes in rebuilding mode for a chance to win right now? Because, which I think, like, go for it, right, if you're the Phillies or the Braves? Because the whole reason you rebuild is get to the point you are now. So if now you have a chance to win, I say go for it. But yeah. that's just... Yeah, you go for it when you've got the chance. Um, I think that's what has frustrated us in the past five years with the Orioles and the trade deadline is not going hard enough when they had the chance of course, we yeah. did see them. This is very similar to when the Orioles did go all out to bring in uh, uh, what uh, Andrew, Andrew Miller. Miller. Yeah. yeah, very similar situation to what the Phillies and Braves find themselves in. Yeah. Um, the Braves, they, they have probably, I think, the most top 100 prospects of any, any of these teams. Right. Um, they have eight top 100 prospects. Eight top 100. Six of them, six top 100 prospects are pitchers. So we're looking for pitchers. Um, but the latest report I read saying two, two, two of their top guys, Annie Anderson, number 43 overall, and Max Fried, number seven overall, uh, number 71 overall, were kind of off the tables. And so it doesn't sound like the Braves want to give up those young arms, even though they have six right. top 100 prospects. So it's almost like they could afford to, to lose one or two. Um, but also the Braves and Phillies are teams that would like to go after Machado this free agency even more yes. than a rental right now yes they would and so part of the argument and this is like a good discussion to have right how many prospects do, do we want to waste if we can just buy them next year right but, but there's also the other, at, there's also the argument of let's get them in house so we can get to know our guys get to know our organization get to know our fans so then we can throw a number at him that even if it's the not the top number it's good enough and he says i like this city yeah i think that's silly myself I think it's like he's going to take the top number. Right? I, think, I think he is too, knowing that he wants to be a superstar. Yeah, so I don't think that really matters. I think whoever golfs him the most is going to he's going to get it. But like my thinking is, the Nats. I don't understand why the Nats have a record around five hundred this year, 
And even losing Bryce Harper, we see Juan Soto kind of be the next Bryce Harper for the Nets. The Nets are going to be good next year. And right. so you're not guaranteed that you're going to have a good year, as good year you are as having this year. And you're not guaranteed that the Nats are going to be as bad as they are this year. So if you get a chance to go for it this year, like I'm like, go for it. I agree. Um, the other team that's really interested in is, um, is the Brewers. Um, they were reported recently as kind of being the most serious contender alongside the Dodgers. The Brewers are the one team where I haven't really heard any specific names. Um, so I'll be interested to, uh, to see if names emerge from the Brewers. Um, but that's another team, right, who is supposed to be still in re- rebuilding mode. But right, it's... but they got this window. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, And it makes sense because the Brewers also, I think they, they signed Lorenzo Cain in the offseason. Like they've been rebuilding but also kind of aggressively trying to win now while they're rebuilding, which I really like actually. Uh, and so that that's going to be interesting to watch. Again, I don't know what kind of prospects they have to offer them. And the last there are two other teams I want to mention, the Diamondbacks, um, their best they, – now their farm system is pretty much shot. They got John Duplantier, I think is how you say his name. He's their number one prospect, number 60 overall. He's a pitcher. I would have to think if we're going to make a deal with the Diamondbacks, it begins with Duplantier because he's like their only really good prospect. And so if Duplantier is not available or if they don't want to give him up, I don't even think you're getting back past initial phone call. So if they're serious in the running, I got to imagine that Duplantier is going to be the centerpiece of that deal. Right. Which again is, is a good top number 60 overall pitcher. Um, and then the Cardinals, I don't think are in anymore. The Indians, some people say the Indians are in. Some people say the Indians are not in like there's not agreement there. Yep. And the Cubs, I don't see the Cubs as realistic possible. No, the Cubs I put in that uh, list that's going to fight for him this offseason. I don't see them going after him. I think it really comes down to Dodgers, Brewers, Diamondbacks. Dodgers, Brewers, Diamondbacks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would put the Phillies as an outside shot, but yeah, I think you're right. And if I had to pick one, I'd say he's going to L.A. And I said that last week, I think, and the week before as well. The Dodgers just make too much sense ever since Corey Seager went down. Yeah, now they don't make sense for signing him after this year. Right, as a rental. Because they have Seager coming back, and they have Turner at third. But for this year, yeah, it makes sense. Especially, you look at how down the National League is. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm thinking, I get Manny Machado. Like, I'm I'm, I'm winning the, the National League. Like, I'm winning the NLCS. Like, I'm going to the World Series uh, with Manny Machado. Yeah. Any chance he can get traded to the NL and win NL MVP? <laughs> I think it's a little bit too late for that. I think Max Scherzer has that in the bag anyway. Yeah, probably so. Um, but, it, yeah. You it, never know. It, you, Machado goes and drives a team to the postseason. You, you got to talk about him there. Yeah, and that's what – I mean, one of the reasons that – and that's what this is – Manny Machado, he's going to be on cloud nine if he can trade to, to the Dodgers and can – help the Dodgers get to a World Series. He's going to be in cloud nine. Yeah. And this is the reason Mike Trout is great. But Mike Trout, I feel like, has never turned into – even though everyone knows he's it, the best player in baseball. Right. He's never made a run. Has, 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 have the Angels even won a playoff series since he's been there? I don't believe so, no. They've been horrible. And they've never been to a World Series. They've never won a World Series, certainly. And so we never see Mike Trout in the playoffs. And, and that's what you really, I feel like, need to really become this kind of yep. elite – 
player, at least at least in the in the in the minds of the fans, to be remembered, you've got to make the playoffs. That's, you got that, to. That's why I really hope Adam Jones gets traded because I want him to have the chance to win a ring, and yeah. that's not happening here. Yeah. Um, all right, then then let's go there now. I want to talk about some realistic returns for Manny Machado, like what we could expect, uh, like how many prospects and what level prospects. But before we get there, I have I, I wrote a list of where I would like to see Manny Machado go. Okay. And top of my list, uh, so if you're looking at those teams, so if you're looking at Dodgers, right. Phillies, Braves, Brewers. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers, yeah, so uh, I, made it, I made it clear I'm going with the Dodgers. You would like him to go, not where you think he would go. Where do you want him to go? I want him to go, I'm good with the Dodgers. As far away from Baltimore as possible, yet a big enough market that I can still turn on MLB Network and check out Manny Machado. Okay. And and a team where he has a legit chance to win a ring this year. Okay. The Dodgers would be my number three. All right. Number one, I I have the Braves. I, I would love him to go to the Braves. I have no issue can I, with can, that. Can I give you three reasons? Nick Markakis. That's reason number one. Ryan Flaherty. That's reason number two. Uh, Jim Johnson. Is he Is still, he still with the Braves? I don't know. I don't think he's with the Braves All anymore. Right, um, what am I missing? Another Oriole? No, you, you want to get this guy. I don't think you would get him. Okay. But I've got, I've got personal messages Moore. on the side of this guy. Have you got any messages about this guy? His name's Mike Soroka. Oh, yeah, I forgot Mike Soroka with an extra O is down there. Yeah, Mike Soroka's there. And so that sounds just like our name, Soroka. He just adds an extra O, Soroka. Probably because he got so, – you know what? Mike is a very smart guy because he figured out how to get people to stop mispronouncing the name. Yeah. He throws an extra O and everyone's pronouncing it properly. Soroka, yeah. Because what kind of word has SR right next to each other? Sro. No words. So Soroka makes more sense. Yeah, I'm with Mike here. But anyway – I'm rooting for Soroka, and I'm certainly rooting for Marcakis, who just made his first All-Star game. Yeah, that's, Shout a, out to Nick that's awesome for Nick Marcakis. It is. It's really cool. And Ryan Flaherty. So I think that'd be awesome to put Manny Machado with those guys. That'd be great. That's what I'm rooting <laughs> Could for. Could you imagine? Uh, are the Braves still on TBS? I don't know. No, I don't think they are anymore. I was going to say, could you imagine turning on TBS and seeing Manny Machado and Ryan Flaherty on the, on the infield together? Yeah, so like weird. that's left side of the infield. Yeah. And then right side is Nick Marcakis. I think that'd be hilarious. It'd be like half the former Orioles. I, I would start being a Braves fan. I've got MLB TV. I never really watch it, but it comes with my phone. And I will totally be watching it if Manny Machado goes to the Braves. Oh, I won't buy the MLB TV. Yeah. I would get the MLB TV app, app if, 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 Nick Mar- if uh, Manny Machado goes there. And I'm going to root for them hardcore. I might even like buy a jersey. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if you're going with where you'd like, you're right. Braves might be the, the favorite as far as what I would like. Yeah. Um, number two would be, for me, the Diamondbacks. Okay. I don't care about the Diamondbacks whatsoever. Why, why would you like them in the Diamondbacks? Well, my one is, like, I, have neutral, I don't feel anything towards the Diamondbacks. Because so Bert, like, Bert has a Diamondbacks hat now? That's my second reason. Like, Bert already has the hat and jerseys. So, like, Bert's already halfway there. Also, like, they're never t- 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 televised. And so I wouldn't have to miss him because I've never seen him on TV. And the other reason is there is a former Oriole with the Diamondbacks who's having actually a really good year. And that's – do you know who that is? I don't know who it is. TJ McFarland. Okay. I didn't know he was still in baseball. Yeah. His ERA is, like, under two. He's got, like, a 1.8 or something ERA. He's in like the he's National ridiculous. League. 
in National League as a bullpen arm. Yeah. All right. And the next put the Dodgers, just because I love though like part of me is like Dodgers, you get King James. You already have a good team that goes to playoffs every year. Like, can right. we chill on all the Dodger love? The NFL all is, the LA love. Right. The NFL is determined to make LA a football town. Yeah, so, the Rams had a great year this year. Right. You're gonna see the Rams continue to play well. Yeah. So the other team I would put on there uh that I would like to see is him, him go to, and this is the last team, the other ones I really don't care about. The last team I'd like to see him go to is the Brewers. And just because the Brewers, I feel like the last time they made it to the World Series was 1982, very close to when the Orioles last made a World Series in 83. The Brewers have never won a World Series. So this would be like a first for them. They're a young team. Uh, so I kind of like them. The only thing that the only two things I don't like about the Brewers, well, there's just one thing I don't like about the Brewers. And they got Josh Hader, local kid from Old Mill who was drafted by the Orioles, then traded, as we all know, uh, for the Bud Norris deal. And Josh Hader also just made the All-Star game. So I get a, it's a little frustrating to watch Josh Hader. So if Manny Machado oh, went there, it would be frustrating to see jo- Josh Hader. Uh, yeah. And then the team that you didn't mention, the Phillies, I wouldn't mind the Phillies either because I give Andy McPhail so much credit for the last five years and what this team became before this season. That I'd be, I'd like to see Andy McPhail win and be successful up in Philly. Yeah, to be honest, though, and I, I agree. I love Andy McPhail. I think he did a great job with the Orioles. Nothing but love for Andy McPhail. But I'm just kind of sick of Philly. And they got the Eagles. Now they're all about the process, and the Sixers are good. I'm just kind of sick of Philly. And they've got enough love as a sports city. Let's move the love somewhere else. All right, so that's where we would like them to go. Yeah. Oh, and one what, more comment what, with the Brewers. Yeah. Um, no one ever talks about Zach Davies. Zach Davies, we traded for Gerardo Pera. Yeah. Uh, no one ever talks about him anymore because he has ERA over five this year. So it's funny how we don't really ever talk about the player, the deals that the young pitchers struggle or don't work out. Oh man, who was it too? There was someone who just was cut by their team and is going somewhere else to play in another country. Um. But a former Royal pitcher had like one good year last year, and then he's dropped off this year and was just cut. Oh, I forget the name. That's kind of frustrating. No, you're right. We never talk about the guys who leave and struggle. It's yeah, only everyone the guys forgets who about those guys. We just found well. the guys who light it up like Josh Hader. Right. All right. So um, we think Manny will be traded this week, right? Is that what uh, we're I going think with? within the next two weeks. All right. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. Next two weeks is, I think, a lock. I think it happens this week. And oh, I'm I going, think it's a lock next two weeks. I think it could it could go down to to, to the deadline in three weeks. Well, yeah, and if if it goes to three weeks, I think the Orioles have screwed it up. <laughs> I want to go that far, um, but I'm going with the Dodgers as my pick. Where's your pick for Machado to end up? I'm gonna say the Brewers. All right, all right, taking the top two off the off the off the list. Yeah, uh, but I really don't know. You know, I, I hope Manny gets traded this week. So then we don't have to talk about about potential and prospects and all this anymore, and we can look at some of the other guys that got to be traded. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Orioles need to shift their focus to other guys and not just not just trade Manny Machado, but do, trade other guys too. Do what and with their focus? We shift their focus. Oh, shift. Okay, all right. Shift okay. their focus. Came yeah. over the internet as a different word. Mm, shift with an F. Um. Yeah, but I 
I mean, I, I mean, I really, I, there's no way to know, right? Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it'd be interesting to see what emerges. And I, I would save a lot of time if I can stop refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds as I do a search for Machado, because I'm wasting way too much time on Twitter right now. And it's not like this is what we're supposed to do, like the day of the trade deadline. Remember, we always just refresh Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We normally schedule our family vacation that trade deadline week, so then we're ready for uh, breaking news. Jump in. We don't have that this year. Yeah. Okay. So real quick on realistic, uh, a realistic return for Manny Machado. Last year, the best offensive player at the trade deadline was JD Martinez. He was the best offensive player this year. The best offensive player, the best position player is Manny Machado last year was JD Martinez, who was traded from the Tigers to Arizona. What the, what the um what Arizona got back was Dewell Lugo, um a shortstop Stergo Alcantara, all these are infielders, and a teenage shortstop Jose King. Dewell Lugo was the fourth ranked prospect for the Arizona. Um and then Sergio Alcantara was the fifteenth ranked prospect for Arizona. Um and the teenage shortstop was unranked as a prospect. So what I want to point out to you is they were ranked. So they went to Arizona and they were ranked fourth and 15th as far as their top 30 prospects. But what the Arizona didn't get, they didn't get a top 100 prospect back for J.D. Martinez. So not there wasn't a top 100 guy for J.D. J, JD Martinez. So you look at the Orioles. Right. If you think the Orioles should get three top 100 prospects for Manny Machado. It's not happening. Right. He's a rental. Yes. If you can get one, if you can get one top 100 prospect, you're doing That's a good job. Like that's a job well done. If you can get one top 100, I would expect just like the Arizona deal. And we, if we want to talk about it recently, there was a trade, Kelvin Herrera was traded to the Nats which I think is a realistic return for Britain. But in the Herrera deal and in the Martinez deal, it was three prospects. So I think you can expect for the Orioles about three prospects. If one of those prospects is a top 100 guy, you're doing good Orioles. I don't think we can expect a top 50 guy because we talked about Verdugo, untouchable. And some of the other guys I mentioned, Sixto Sanchez, untouchable. Those are top 50 guys. I don't think other teams will trade a top 50 prospect for Manny. So right. if you can get a top 100, you're doing good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember he is a rental, and that's what Baltimore has to keep remembering. He's a rental. He might be the biggest trade chip, but he's still a rental. Yeah. So here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for – here's my best-case scenario. Best-case scenario, you, you get a top 50 guy, a top 50 prospect. But I don't think that's realistic. So a realistic scenario where I'm happy is I'm getting a top 100 guy. And if it's a top 100 guy, he's probably going to be our number one prospect. Right. And he's pro probably a pitcher at that point. Yeah, probably a pitcher. And so all of a sudden we have a new number one prospect because right now Ryan Mountcastle is our number one and he's like a number 90 overall. So if we can get a top 100 guy, I'm pumped. And then two other guys that could fill out our top 30. Right. And so if you can get a top 100 who would be our new number one prospect, 
then two other guy and top 30 maybe a little bit too much like maybe even top 20 two other guys that fill up our top 20 which might be a little bit lower on their prospects if they're depending how deep they are um but i think that could be a, a decent return that you could be happy about yeah. In terms of just prospects. Yeah, and I think that's where maybe you can market in a Britain or Brock and get uh jump those numbers up a little bit. Yeah, that that's true. So if you want to throw in a Britain, um and real quick, the return for Kelvin Herrera just recently to the Nats is they got the Nats tenth ranked prospect. Um and then they got Morel, a guy that was a non drafted free agent, so just a no one. And then they also got Blake Perkins who became the 14th-ranked prospect for the Royals. So the Royals got uh, a 10th-ranked prospect for the Nats and a 14th-ranked prospect, neither in the top 100. So, again, like, don't expect – I feel like we have unrealistic expectations. Like, don't expect us to get their top three prospects right. in their system. That's not happening. If we uh, if we package Machado and Britain, can you get me Furtaga and Alvarez from the Dodgers? Hmm. That's a really good question. You know, because I'd take that. Yeah. I, I, that would be a great move. Because for, I, for I, I think you, I think you got to eat some. Right. I That's think, a really high prospect. Yeah, I think you got to eat some of that money. You got to eat some of Machado's money this year. Right, because Dodgers have well. all kinds of salary cap issues. Right, so yeah. right. So you got to eat that. Not salary but, cap, but uh, luxury tax. Right, issue. so then they probably throw in a third or four, third guy way lower down. They really, but, the, There's a picture for the Dodgers called May. Who's like their twelfth overall prospect? Maybe that guy because or like right. that guy. Made. Right, but I think yeah. that that's the move that that I'd be excited if, if that move happened. But again, yeah. I'm trying to sit back and realize that whatever I value Manny as, it doesn't matter, and he's a rental, and he's not going to get what I would what I would like for him. So I'm trying to set myself up for realistic, being excited for whatever happens. If we don't get a top 100 prospect, even though. In the Calvin Herrera deal and the Jenny Martinez, there is no top 100 prospects. Teams love their top 100 prospects. Right. But if we don't get a top 100 prospect from Manny, I'll be a little d- 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 disappointed. Sure. I can um, see Because that. that's kind of where my eyes are set. Give me one top 100 guy. And if you can package a deal and put a couple guys in there like Britain and get a Verdugo, I think that would be amazing. Um, but again, I guess that becomes a question of, like, do you want to put all those eggs in into and one guy, Alvarez, or would you rather have more lower prospects but more guys? Because if you trade Britain to someone else, you can get two or three prospects from them, right? Lower guys, and then two or three prospects from the Dodgers from Machado. So I guess it depends how many guys do you yeah. want. I I, um, I, but, I think that if you can get a guy up there in that twenty six, a big guy like that, then don't worry about the number of prospects. You have a guy who everyone's going to say he's going to come up and make an impact on this team. I'm tired yeah, of going to be an outfielder for the next eight ti- years. Right. going to be back there with Mullins. Exactly. Yeah. I'm tired of the Orioles having a hundred prospects that never can make it up past Norfolk. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it tells you, right? Like all the, for all the talk about Austin Hayes uh, and right. all the talk about these other prospects, they're not here. And we have one guy in the top 100. So we may love this guy, but Major League Baseball says there are at least 100 prospects better than Austin Hayes well, in and, baseball. Yeah, and no matter what the Orioles say about how they love Austin Hayes, Joey Rickard got the call. Well, yeah, well, well, Kobe Austin Hayes, I think, is, is hurt right now. All right. Um, but he's had, he's had a terrible year. But, yeah, I, I get your point. All right.
I feel like this has been a good, uh, exhaustive kind of discussion of where we stand with Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's funny. We've been covering, I feel like every episode we've had this season, we've had to talk about Manny Machado. And this is like the buildup. It's all for this. So to go into one more really big episode about Manny Machado is, is necessary. And we'll see next week. We might have updated news and have to get into it a little bit. But this is about as deep as we're going to get on this Manny Machado trade talk. Yeah, now when the deal happens... We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a bonus episode. Absolutely. Through 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 the wonders that is the internet. Yeah. We'll hop on wherever we are and we'll, and we'll do an episode. Yeah, I heard, I heard the argument this week that... Uh, podcasts are not good for sports because you can't get immediate reactions. And I thought this guy was crazy because... That's exactly why podcasts are good for sports. Because I guarantee that whenever Manny Machado gets traded, you will have a new episode of Section 336 out before the next day's morning sports show. Before the big... What is it? The Big Bad Sports Show? Big Bad Morning Show. The Big Bad Morning Show. You're going to get... Section 336's thoughts on Manny Machado before the Big Bad Morning Show. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, the second that deal goes down, um, we're going to be all over it. Yes. We're going to be all over yeah, it. Yeah. This is a, I think this is the time where I start carrying my mic to work with me or leave it in my office at work because it might have to be an afternoon. We got to jump on and, and do this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 and we'll be here to cover it. And because. Uh, and not without reason. Like we covered, we did bonus shows for the trade deadlines last year. We we did a bonus year. show for Para. We did for Para. Yeah, like the idiots we are. But 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 this is this is the biggest trade uh, since Eric Bedard, um, and maybe you want to go even go be be before that. But this is this is, you know, a guy, a franchise, the one of the the best might might be. Might go down as 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 one of the best Orioles, uh, if he played his whole career. I guess maybe the best. Why can I say this? One of the best baseball players to ever wear an Oriole uniform, even if he only wore it for a temporary amount of time, right? Because he's going to go somewhere else and wear it. Uh, but but he is a special kind of player, right? And so it's going to be tough to see him. Yeah, definitely. And so they're also like we'll break like now we're kind of breaking down the logistics of it. And when he's traded, we'll break down the logistics of the trade and how we think the Orioles did with the trade. And then after that, it's going to settle in that we're going to watch the games and Manny won't be there. And then we're all going to get depressed and we're going to spend some time in mourning, also losing. Mourning Manny. Yeah, that's going to be mourning Manny will definitely be at the aim of an upcoming episode, I'm sure. Yeah, where we just talk about how awesome he was when he was here. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're yeah. going to have the, the funeral of Manny Machado. Yeah, but before that happens, before we have to put Manny Machado to bed, um, we have we're going to the game on Monday, Josh. Yes, and uh, both of them, at least parts of both of them. Yes, and and I'm, so I'm, I'm concerned. We should we share the conversation we were having today about or yesterday about how we're kind of afraid to go to this doubleheader. I mean, it's to get it's the it's conversation fans are having everywhere, right? Um, it's just depressing to go see the Orioles right now, right? And that's and we're concerned that. The Orioles will do so bad in the first game that we won't. It will be depressed about going to the second game. Yeah, because my initial idea was okay, because it's doubleheader. What if I go in like the fourth inning for the first game and then stay for the second game? But then I'm like, what if I'm driving and they're like down by five runs or ten like today? Yeah. Do I turn around or do I continue at the game? No. So this has to be our Manny Machado goodbye game, and why we're going. 
that's why we're going for Manning. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hope he makes a great play. Yeah. And I hope, I hope so. he hustles to first base. Uh, but yes. if he doesn't, I won't boo him. I don't care. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll point it out. Well, yeah, we'll point it out. We'll laugh about it. And then we'll say, that's going to be someone else's problem in a week. <laughs> right, right. All right. Let's get out of here. You can um, appreciate you guys checking out this uh, Manny Machado. If you have thoughts on Manny Machado, I'm sure this conversation will continue in the next week. Um, but you can tweet at us at Section 3 at Section 336 Show uh, and comment on Manny Machado. You can always watch us on Facebook. Make sure you like the Facebook page. Yeah, get ready. Because then you get updates on when our show happens. Right, get, and set yourself up for notifications from our Facebook page because you're going to want to know when this when this trade happens because we're hopping on and it might be a weird record time. That's true. We're going to go live whenever it happens from wherever we are. You could see me in the stall of a bathroom in Severna Park Library where I like to use their bathroom because they're really nice bathrooms. You could, I could do the show from there. Who knows? I think I'll give you a little bit of notice to leave the bathroom. But yes, we're going to make sure <laughs> we keep our microphones with us. Yeah. All right. Uh, so make sure you like us and, and get those no- notifications on Facebook, Section 336. Also follow us on Twitter at Section 336 Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, Go Oats and get a top 100 prospect. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. <laughs> <laughs>